Welcome back to Better Than I Found It, the podcast all things college golf. You're listening to Mike McGraw, the men's golf coach at Baylor University. Today's guest is Florida Gulf Coast University coach, Andrew Dana. Now, Andrew's positive influence is evident at every stop he's made as a coach. He started at Georgia Southwest State University, spent a couple of years there, and then he spent six years at Lynn University. Three times he brought his team to the national runner-up, and finally won the 2018 NCAA Division II National Championship. At Florida Gulf Coast, he inherited a team ranked 257th in college golf, and in four short years, has his team currently ranked number 56 in golf stat rankings. Andrew and I discuss his journey and some of the attributes that have led to his success. I know you'll enjoy this conversation with one of the really talented young coaches in all of college golf. Enjoy. Okay, better than I found it, listeners. Let's welcome Florida Gulf Coast University men's golf coach and my good friend, Andrew Dana, to the podcast today. Andrew, it's great to have you on Better Than I Found It. Yeah, thanks, Coach. I'm uh, really happy to be here, and uh, I was excited to get the text message when you when you asked me to come on the show, so thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I the part of this podcast over the last two and a half years has been to kind of highlight what I see as excellence in our in our sport, in our profession, in our arena, you know, college golf. And I think I've seen that from you a lot through the years. So I thought it might be interesting for people that don't know you. I, I bet not that many of my listeners know who you are. And they're going to after after we talk here for an hour. So um, one of the things that might grab their attention is you currently have Florida Gulf Coast ranked 56th in the country. And that's a pretty heady heady deal there that's pretty nice uh what tell me about this year so far and what your upcoming schedule is yeah so uh you know our schedule we, we play a pretty good schedule in the in the fall uh we had some good finishes we played against some a, a lot of ranked teams this spring you know we we played three tournaments starting january 20 january 30th up to february 13th in florida all in the Jacksonville and Gainesville area. So, you know, we're seven tournaments in and uh, that's kind of like our Florida swing, even though we do start again in Florida here in, in another week at Florida state. Um, but uh, it's, it's been a, a, a good year so far. Um, I think we've had our challenges as far as uh, just trying to find some consistency you know, this year's team is super talented. They're all great ball strikers. It's just trying to find that consistency where we can, uh, you know, keep having good finishes. I know every coach talks about that, but it, but it, it's, it's been a challenge this year so far. But you know, we're not going to give up, obviously. And I think that 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 right there is our our biggest challenge, and and we're going to keep at it. Well, if you've already played seven events, you probably don't have more than three or four left before your yeah. conference. Is that correct? What do you have left? Florida State, and then. And then we go to the Shinkle at uh, okay. Georgia Southern, which is a great tournament. Uh, I mean, they they do. I don't know if the listeners know, but that tournament is very well run. It's the community gets behind it. It's amazing. And uh, and then we go. Then we come. We come over to your way, Texas A and M, to play in the Aggie. Well, we'll so, see you at the Aggie at College. Yeah, Station. I the, the last time we were there, Coach. I don't know if you remember, but we had that long rain delay. 
Yep. Uh, I was obviously assistant at LSU, but we had that wrong lane delay and we hung out at, I can't remember what house that was on the golf course, but it was. It was the house to the left of number 11 green and we <laughs> yeah. just talked the whole time. So yeah, yeah, I remember that very well. Well, sounds like you have a good, good schedule coming up. I think, well, I'm just imagining you've probably upgraded the schedule since you've been there because I can't, I wouldn't think uh, Florida Gulf Coast was playing those events, Florida State, yeah. Texas A&M. Yeah, that's, so that's wonderful. Uh, before we get to the meat of the conversation, though, it's important, I guess, for my listeners to kind of know a little bit more about your past success before you got to Florida Gulf Coast. So you were a 25-year-old head coach at Georgia Southwestern State University. Uh, that That's a pretty young head coach right there, but you um, obviously had some success there in, in a two-year period, did pretty well right away, and then you got a job at Lynn University. and Yep. Six great years at Lynn. Um, you were, I think you had Divi national champion division two runner up three times. And I remember yep. some phone calls with you after some of those losses, you were devastated because you were so competitive. You wanted to win those so badly, Yeah, <laughs> but you finally did in 2018. And, uh, I don't know if people out there really understand how hard it is to win a national championship. They don't come all the time. They're not very easy to win. I don't care what level you're doing it. There's, it's hard to win. So let's, let's, and then you've obviously done some great things at Florida Gulf coast that I kind of alluded to. You were an assistant at LSU in a, for a short time in the middle of that, but tell me about that 2018 national championship. You'd already had some disappointing runner up finishes and you guys got it done that year. Yeah, I mean it was it was a it was a special run. I mean, uh, I, it's hard to kind of put into words. So so every year, uh, my time at Lynn was such a special time, and you know I'm so grateful for it. it I think it made me the coach that I am today. Um, the we we always had we had teams that had a lot of juniors and seniors, and you know we come up short, and then we would lose a senior or two, and then we'd have some guys coming up, and then another junior senior. Like so, so the development was there of our players, and we had a good, we had some good depth. And in 2018, uh, it was like all of a sudden we were a young team. So we had I, it was a, I believe three sophomores, a freshman, and a and one senior, uh, with a, with one season of our two seasons of postseason experience and uh but the, man they could all play they were i mean all five of them were great players one one transferred to ohio state one transferred to florida uh toto was a great player he finished career at lynn and, and manuel is now a professional uh manuel torres is now a professional and uh you know we we started the week kind of slow like that year was a very it was it was kind of we were kind of inconsistent and then we got to the national championship and uh, we, we kind of not cruised through met, uh, stroke play, but I guess you could say we kind of did. Well, there was times where it was, wasn't was going so well. It was a big golf course, um, RTJ at the Shoals in mm -hmm. Alabama. So I don't know if you did. It's a really – it's a good golf course. I've been um, there, yeah. Fighting Joe. And uh, we the last day, you know, I woke up. And we were in the national championship match and it was just like, you know, I was like, okay, we've been here before. Like, what are we going to do differently? And I was like, you know what? Like, there's really nothing to do differently. Like, you know, you have a good system, you, you know, you, this is how you coach, like stick to it, just keep playing. Um, you know, let the message be clear. Just tell your guys, you just got to play a good route and, you know, do what you do best. And, uh, 
you know, we, we got off to a really good start that match. And then we kind of let it go in the middle and we got to around the 16th green and we play metal match play. And so all the matches go to 18 and, uh, we're on 16 and my freshman, you know, he's got control of his match. He's two strokes up and he hits it in the bunker and then he has trouble on 16 and he goes two behind. And so I'm like, I'm sitting there and, you know, obviously scar tissues from losing a couple of them, one in the tiebreaker, uh, a couple other championships, losses in the semifinal in a tiebreaker. And then you lose by another shot at, in 2017 in the final match. And I'm just like, okay, here we go again. Like, but you can't, I think if you have that scar tissue, like those thoughts are going to come regardless of who you are in any competitive environment. But I was just like, I was like, okay, just, you know, keep playing. Like we've got six holes left and my senior comes up and, and he sees me, he comes up over this hill. Like I didn't even realize, cause I was waiting for them in the fairway on 16 and he comes up over this hill and he has this big smile on his face. And, and I'm just like, what are you smiling about? He goes, coach i just saw i just saw my teammate uh and he's like we got this so he goes just watch the display of golf coming in and i was like all right let's go and uh and man those 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 last four matches uh those guys just you know they didn't miss a shot coming in except for number 18 but then it was a it was a it was a, a short game contest in the last match, and we couldn't tie because if we would have been in a tiebreaker, we would have lost the national championship. So Carlos had to stay ahead of uh, Chandler Blanchett, who I think he he plays um, he plays professional now as well, and uh, and he got his match, he got it in the hole, and we won. And and honestly, I was in disbelief, Coach. I was just like. <laughs> I was like, they, they were running down the hill and I was just sit, standing there like, what just happened? <laughs> and, uh, and so it was a pretty, it was a pretty cool moment for our team, our team, our program there and, and myself especially. And uh, just, just belief. <laughs> oh boy. Self-belief is a superpower. I'm telling you when a guy believes he's going to get something done, that's, there's, there's nothing stronger in, in competitive athletics, I don't think. But so you're a national champion and, there's no way that'll ever leave your that's always there you, yeah you finish fourth in the aggie invitational or you finish <laughs> you win some other smaller event they don't they don't announce it that way one day but eventually uh they go back to the fact that you helped you led a group of young men to a national championship and you said you mentioned scar tissue i don't know of anybody that doesn't have some I mean, yeah. I mean, some literal and figural scar tissue. It's it's like, how in the world can you avoid it when you're in competitive athletics? It's going to be there. So yeah. it's great that you guys got over the hump. But you mentioned metal match. I want to talk about that before we leave. Uh, metal match. It's something I've been preaching since yeah. before the Division One went to uh, the match play format, which I love. I love going from 30 teams down to 15, down to eight, and then head-to-head -head matches. I think it's fantastic. But I'm going to see what your opinion is. I love every match getting to 18. I think there's a chance for a crescendo moment. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's exciting. I mean, I lived it for six straight. I don't even know how many matches. Like, I had to be at least a dozen matches for uh, for six straight years, and uh, and it's exciting. They go to 18, and and you have tiebreakers, and you have uh, it coming down to the last match. And you have it coming down to the third match and you have it coming down. I mean, 
you know, you know where everything stands and, and it's all going to end on 18, whether, you know, if you have guys that, if you have five players that are playing great and they win all their matches, well then the celebration is going to happen when that last match hits 18 and the, and the round is complete. And, um, uh, I think it's exciting. Um, you'd be surprised at the, the, the drama and the, 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 I, it's just, it's hard to describe because, it, it's more it's drama but it's also you know that you know like you said it comes the 18 i just put it as simple as possible and i think that that's the exciting part and you know people know like okay uh you know they're up three strokes in these three matches and they're down two strokes in these other two matches so you, you can see the stroke differential right there and you know that you got to flip one of these matches that you're down three shots in, and then this team comes. And then, but if they end up tying, this team's going to win. So there's different scenarios there, and I think that it 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 really does. The best team is going to is going to win more times than not, in my opinion. In that in that format, so like, you know, it's hard to. I guess you could say Division Two, Division One, but if you went back and looked at the seeds that won the national championship, um, I think you would have more, you know, ones to three seeds probably have won in division two than you would one to three seeds in division one. I don't know. You'd have to, you'd have to do some research, but it'd be interesting to find out the answer to that question. Well, what would be interesting for me is to, for somebody to prove to me why they think that match play is more exciting than stroke play when it's a head to head match. I mean, it's it's not more exciting. You're still playing the guy standing across the tee box. Oh yeah. And if I've got yeah. a three shot lead with four holes to play, and I make a bogey and he makes a birdie, it's not three anymore. It's one. It's like it just well, to I, me. Yeah. Go ahead. You're also going to get the quality of golf. I think is going to need to be better because you're got you're playing stroke play, and you know you can't you're not you're playing the golf course, but you can't lose concentration. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, you hit a bad shot in match play and the other guy hits two good shots and it's like, okay, pick it up. Let's go to the next hole. Like, no, you're not picking it up. You need to finish this out. And, and I, you know, from a student athlete development and the golfer standpoint, um, don't get me wrong. Match play can match play is great. And it's a great format. And I'm not saying it's not, I just think that, uh, you know, there, there's some element to, to, to ownership when you got to play every stroke like we normally do throughout the entire year. Yeah, and that's the, the other argument that I have. And I, by the way, if we make it to match play at Nationals this year, I'll be thrilled to play match play. I don't care what yeah, the course. format is the day of the event, but I'm just saying if you go for long periods of time, many, many years, like who is to say that match play is going to be more exciting than stroke play? But we have to change our format at the very most critical part of the season, you know, right at the end of the national championship, we change it to a different yeah. type of golf. Anyway, that's just kind of an opinion I have. It's I, when I talk to a division two coach, I always want to hear his opinion. I haven't heard anybody that says, Nope, don't like metal match. They all love it. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. Perfect. All right. I, I glossed over this or went right past it. You were uh, at Georgia Southwestern state. You were only a 25 year old head coach. I got to tell you, at 25, I wasn't ready to be a head coach of a high school team. Um, I actually assisted the high school coach when I was 25. Um, how hard was that? What was the biggest challenges at being 25? Because that couldn't have been easy. Yeah, no, I was a young head coach. 
uh, you know, it's been so long, a long, a long time ago, coach, I might've been 26, but, uh, okay. the, uh, the, uh, I think it is, uh, the, you know, one of the biggest challenges for me was, and think looking back on it is, was, you know, obviously I wasn't that much older than, uh, than the student athletes that, that I was coaching. Um, maybe back then kind of, I felt like I was, but in the grand scheme of things, looking back, I really wasn't. And, um, it was my first, first job in coaching at the collegiate level. So I didn't have the benefit of, of being an assistant coach. But one of the things that I had was, is I had other head coaches that were out there that always offer their time to, you know, give me guidance or anything. If I had any questions like, Hey, is this right? Or is this something that goes on in our sport or what is, you know, what's kind of the direction here with certain aspects of the job. And, uh, you know, my biggest challenge was, is trying to, uh, the, the, like getting the guys to, you know, to, to buy in kind of what I was saying as, cause I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of experience as a coach. So it, it was, you know, who, who are they to, to like, you know, why should I listen to this, this, this guy who's coaching me now? Um, he's never been a coach before. And I think that that kind of weighed on me a little bit as I got started, but I think once I got my feet on underneath me and, and learned a few things uh, from my peers, it, it made the job a lot easier. And well, I think uh, you're a quick study within two years, you had the team ranked at one point, number one in the country in division two. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I mean, well, I, I inherited some great players and, uh, and I had, uh, and we, and we had a couple good recruits come in. So I think that, that, that was just the product of all their hard work. And, and, you know, we came, we came up with a system with, how we wanted to qualify and how we wanted to with the tournaments, we, how we wanted to prepare for our tournaments and we just ran with it. And uh, they got to that point. It was, it was a pretty cool year. That second year we got to number one and, and we made regionals that year. It was fun. I remember those. I remember those guys like it was yesterday. <laughs> All right. So I, not very many guys are ranked number one in their division. The second year they've coached when they're only 26 or seven years old, that that's gotta be a pretty rare uh, bird right there. But you mentioned the word recruiting because you said you got a couple of good recruits. That's what I think. I mean, you've got a lot of strengths, but I know you're good at recruiting. So help me out. How do you recruit? Uh, that's such a we'll be on the phone. all. We'll, we'll be here all day long if we keep if we start. Talking. Hey, Andrew, don't don't hold these secrets. This podcast is to give information to people. Yeah, Come of course. On. No, I mean, I. I think it, it, uh, every coach recruits differently. I mean, there's no right way or wrong way to recruit. It's 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 more about um, how do you want your program to be? What culture do you want to establish? What types of student athletes? You know, what what types of players? You know, there's 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 different golfers out there that that get the ball in the hole in so many different ways, and and you know which which student athletes are going to are going to respond the best to the way you coach and and how you do things. And is that a good fit? And then obviously, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then from my, from my standpoint, I, I always put a, uh, you know, great ball strikers is something that, that obviously I look for. I think that that is, uh, that's a very good skill set is, is, you know, are they a good ball striker? Do they have good fundamentals? Do they want to learn and do they want to work hard? 
and uh, that's that's kind of a general uh, assessment of what what I look for. I love it. I think you've done a great job, and you've done a little bit of a mixture of international players and or American players. So you've been able yeah. to be both. Well, um, at here, here at Florida Gulf Coast, we, you know, I was talking to my assistant the other day. So, so sorry, coach. We uh we went. We've had international freshmen. We've had domestic transfers. We had freshmen from the state of Florida. We've had freshmen from out of state, and uh, I think, and we've had a grad transfer. We've had some grad transfers. So I have pretty much. I told my assistant, I go, we've we've pretty much hit all categories as far as admissions goes to the to the university. <laughs> well, but you're getting good players too, and you know, I was telling a young coach just a couple of weeks ago, he was saying, how would you recruit? And I would. One, you need to recruit to your personality a little bit. You don't want yeah. to be this hard-nosed, disciplined guy and this kid's real soft. He's a great player, but he, he couldn't be talked to a certain way. You've, you've got to probably find kids that, that mesh with you uh, a little bit. And then, and so, obviously, the, the mesh with your university and how you want to be represented. So, yeah, I think you're right. First thing you said was it's probably different for everybody. I know it is. But speaking of personalities, so I've – done this with a few coaches i've kind of picked some adjectives to describe the coach i was interviewing uh, and i know people have some adjectives for me some of them not repeatable but that's okay but i've got four about you that i'm going to say driven competitive focused and sincere are those are those accurate yeah i would say those are accurate yeah so that's andrew I mean, dana right there that's that's pretty uh that's pretty accurate and and uh you know I compassionate, I think, and passion would be, uh, would be one that I would add to it and just, just, you know, belief and love. And that's it. Those, those would be the adjectives that I would use. Yeah. And and I, I've always, you've always held your emotions sort of out there where, I mean, people know you're not hiding something. I know that about you, but, <laughs> yeah. but another one that I was going to talk about that I think is maybe a little tougher to speak on is I think you've always had an edge um, in a positive way, but it's a chip on your shoulder. There's some kind of little edge there that I could feel. It never offended me. didn't turn me away. It didn't, it wasn't like that, but there's a certain edge. It's like, you're not just, uh, there's a little sandpaper in you, if you will. And <laughs> I think it's okay. It's good. Talk about your edge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would say just, you know, every coach is a, is, is a product of their experiences. And, um, I think that, that, you know, for myself, um, belief, and I've always felt like when you're, when you're a coach, uh, you know, you've got to believe and you want your players to believe. And if they look at their coach and they're like, does this guy really believe? Does he think we're good? Does he, you know, is he with us? And, uh, and I've always felt that, that, you know, if you you work hard enough and you you do the right things day in and day out and you understand the environment that you're coaching in as best you can um, and you come up with a process to kind of reach the goal that you want and you just keep working at it, that eventually over time you're going to reach the goal that you want, um, whatever it may be. You know, some goals are 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 far distant future. Some goals are short term or whatever, you know, but, but, but if you, if you go into it and you just speak words to it, but you've got to have, there's got to be a process. And, um, 
and I think for me that that working every day and 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 showing my players that hey we can do this like this is what we're gonna do it's gonna work just keep practicing keep working hard um my message to them has has kind of made me who I am each day and I've always I've always been a hard worker I, I like to think so and trying to figure things out and and you know the the chip the chip is is a is a good chip because I want to do well and it's not it's not about proving something it's more about about being a role model and an example to to your to my players that that you can accomplish what you set out to do as long as you have a good good frame of mind good work ethic and that's that's really that's how I would describe it Coach. so I'm with you on that your, your players probably feel that sort of edge of that chip on your shoulder that and they probably feed off of it correct I'd say so that yeah, I mean if they're listening to this they're probably gonna be like oh so that's like but but yeah I mean that's <laughs> that's that's probably would be a good assessment well I'm gonna mention a good friend of mine colleague of mine Jay Sewell at University of Alabama uh literally virtually saved my college coaching career he just <laughs> it means the world to me but Jay had an edge and it was a different kind of edge it was an emotional edge and he's not afraid to cry in front of his players ever. It's like, that's yeah. not a problem. And I'm not saying that to try to give somebody a real inside look to how Jay, but Jay's just a very passionate, emotional, uh, loving, caring. He's very, very, I think even though yours is a little bit different, it's got to be somewhat the same. The guys know yeah. that you're fighting every day for them. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I that That's pretty good. Good, good. Well, I'm glad I got that. But I mentioned Jay because his edge is he's he's he literally is not afraid to show his emotions at any given time. Okay, you, um, you got into coaching. Who who got you into coaching to begin with? Because that didn't just you didn't just wake up one day and say I'm going to be a coach. No, no. Uh, you know, I had a friend in college who was uh was a professor at Georgia Southwestern State, and they were looking for a golf coach, and uh. And he, you know, he, he gave me a call and I talked to him for a little bit and then the process went and I, I spoke with the athletic director and, you know, the next thing you know, I was, I was interviewing and I was just like, I, you know, this, this seems like this would be a lot of fun. Like, like, oh, let's, let's, let's see what this is about and let's work real hard and, and try and, you know, in all honesty, it was like, well, I think I, I think I have a lot to offer these young men, and 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 so I I went with it, and and it was probably the best decision that it was the best decision I ever made in my life. One of one of the best decisions, besides convincing my wife to marry me. Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna try to save you. <laughs> no, don't worry, I know she knows. Okay, yeah. I was I just yeah. didn't want that to go south on you real quick. No, but... that was the best. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> okay. So, well, no, but it, it was, led me honestly, to her. So. Career-wise, it was a great decision for you. What were you doing when that uh, your friend called uh, you from Georgia Southwest? Uh, I was just I was teaching. I was helping uh, uh, another PGA professional out with with his junior program and and back home. And I was in golf and and I just yeah I thought that this was this was a great opportunity and so I went with it. I I very great memories of my time at Georgia Southwestern State. That's great. Well, everybody remembers their first opportunity, yeah. their first start. I was mine was at Edmond High School, and I'll never forget it. And 
obviously I still keep in touch with those players today and it's been uh, over it's been 35 37 years that's earth wow it's a long time um okay so a person that you and I both know you coached him I recruited him Frankie Sappen tell me about Frankie I'm really really impressed by him and he's doing well as a professional golfer so far yeah. but you, you got him in the in the transfer situation but he's he's a great kid yeah, he's a great kid. I love Frankie. He's uh got one of the best hearts that of of anybody that I know. Um, you know, he loves life. He loves golf. Um, you know, he'd give you the shirt off his back if you really needed it in a in a pinch or whatever he could do. Um, you talk about work ethic and drive, um, um, and being driven and focused. Uh that young man has has those qualities and um and just just a, a a great player outstanding ball striker as everybody knows um you know but from a mental standpoint he's he's got it he's a he's you know i didn't i didn't i didn't have to do i guess you could say there wasn't a whole lot of coaching that was necessary when frankie went out to play um if he if he was feeling it that day then it was coming and uh i miss him you know i only got to coach him for for uh for two years i wish i could have got to coach him for three but you know he he was ready to turn professional and and most importantly he graduated which i was so i'm so proud of him for doing that and all our guys who who graduated um so i yeah i keep track of him every day you know his run through q school was pretty impressive Mm -hmm. um, I think he's got a great, bright future ahead. If he keeps that focus and that work ethic up, then, uh, you know, it's going to be good. You know, I tell kids all the time, I, I can't take that out of you, but I can't put it in you either. So it's, yeah. so he, he's a self-motivated kid. He oh, it, it, yeah. 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 So it, I wish him the best of luck. I know he was a good, uh, he was a good experience for you to get to coach him a couple of years. That's great. So in the experience of COVID, we all experienced it. Everybody went through yeah. it. it. It stopped our world. We didn't know what was going on if we were going to have a college golf season in the fall of 2020. But in the summer of 2020, something really special happened in your life. Uh, you had a baby. You became a daddy. Tell me about that yep. experience and how has it changed your perspective in coaching and in life? Uh, yeah, baby June. Um, she's uh, it, it, it's changed my perspective a great deal. We, we've since had another child, Emmeline. Um, and I think that it, it, it's, it's changed my perspective from, uh, that, you know, I, I, you know, you have your children at home and you understand, well, it kind of you, relating it to not necessarily relating it to recruiting, but being a father, I think, you know, the love that you have for your children, obviously I love my players as well, um, that I coach every day. Um, I think that it, it it gives you an appreciation for that parent uh, child relationship. And it also, it kind of opened, it, it, it helped me understand be from an emotional standpoint, um, just, just grow, just growing and, and, and understanding people in general, I think becoming a father, you know, it's this moment where it's like, um, you know, you have these two beautiful, these two beautiful children and, you know, this is what your life is about until the end. And, um, and, and, and that's it. I mean, I, I, I help my guys, I work hard, I coach them every day. 
Um, and, you know, when I go home, I'm dad and I'm trying to help my wife take care of our two children. And and I love I'm so blessed and thankful that we we have our children and that they're happy and happy and healthy. And it's just given me a greater appreciation for, uh, for everything in life and, and what I get to do each day. Boy, that's great. Gratefulness to me is one of the great human qualities. Absolutely. Being grateful for something. But when I asked the same question to Ryan Hibble, he's a girl dad, just like you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's also got a kind of a rough exterior. Ryan's a competitive, you know, he's came from the football side of things. I mean, yeah. he's a tough, tough dude, but his girls melt him down to nothing. <laughs> he's got no yeah. defense. Uh, how about you? It's same a, thing. It's the same. I mean, she's uh, June is. Uh, I mean, Emmeline's only a little over four months old. So, but 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 June is is a, a walking, talking, loving, caring, smiling machine uh, that runs around twenty miles a minute. She's she's a, a great baby, and and when I go through the door, it just you know for for a little bit there, nothing else ceased to exist, and it's just. You know, she the other day she said uh, I came home and, and she was waiting for me and she gave me a big hug and she said, Daddy, I miss you. And I was like, oh, and that kind of just I mean, it took oh. everything I had not to start crying, coach. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. I, I you know, my assistant, Mikhail, has yep. two, two children, you know, you know that. But one of them is about as old as your first. And so, yep. you know, kind of running around going crazy. But. One of the rules I have for Mikel is he's not allowed to come into the office until he gets his kids to school. In other words, yeah. he, he's, he does that every morning before he gets to the office. And yeah. I, I just think that's so important because it's way more important parenting than coaching, even though coaching is really important. Yeah. Uh, parenting is like number one. And, 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 and that's why, you know, my wife, I mean, she gets the majority of the credit for everything. You know, she does an unbelievable job taking care of our two kids. And, and uh, it's just, it, you know, I, you, we think that we have challenges as far as coaching goes, uh, you know, taking care of our student athletes, but to have two kids to, to take care of two kids uh, mostly under the age of three um, by yourself during the day is, is uh, you know, she deserves a medal as does every other mother out there that has to take care of that many small children. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny. I heard something yesterday. I was listening to a panel discussion here at Baylor and uh, one of the panelists, she was probably, well, she was several months pregnant, but she, she was going to be her first child. And one of the pa other panelists said, listen, uh, children are dependent on us for everything. I mean, yep. they can't do anything for themselves when they're an infant, but, they completely control you. <laughs> is that true? That's true? Yeah, that's that is a very good assessment. I would I'd have to say after reflecting on that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well anyway, congratulations on that. That's another great Thanks, of your, you know, personal life that that also feeds into your career, but so uh at Florida Gulf Coast, you've you've been very successful in a very short period of time. You were that way at Georgia South, uh, Southwestern State. I mean, you were that way at Lynn. You've been successful everywhere you've gone. It's like, and and I know you're not through here. I know you have much more you want to accomplish at, at Georgia or at Florida Gulf Coast. But um, what what is what is a quality about you? I think I've sort of alluded to this, but why are you able to be such a quick study and hit the ground running with a new program every time? I, I mean, I. 
I don't think there's a short answer, Coach. I, you know, I just, I, I mean, well, for one, I think I love what I do. I think that for you know, I, I like to think that I'm still a young coach. But if I was talking to a younger coach out there, I would think that you know, if you have passion and you love what you do, then you know, you'll you'll find a way. You'll spend time. You'll figure things out. And you know, I, I mentioned something earlier about understanding your environment, um, and I think that that is is something that's important for for coaches to to really have a good sense of reality and understand where they are and where their program is and the things that they need to do from for to help their program you know get better if, if we're just talking about rankings or we're talking about culture or whatever it may be whatever category or variable we're talking about i think that that understanding um as best you can uh, there is no fully understanding anything mm-hmm. But uh, understanding the, the the environment of, of which variable you want your program to excel at um, as best you can really is going to go a long way with coming up with a process in order to, to make it better. And I, I think that that's, that's important. I mean, we, we all have different variables. Like we, we have scheduling, how we do scheduling in college golf. We have our rankings, kind of how the rankings work. I mean, I don't think anybody really under truly understands how the rankings work a hundred percent. And that could be a good thing <laughs> to, to an well, extent. It, it would be, <laughs> so. but but the truth is the fact that you've elevated the schedule has yeah. aided you in in increasing the uh yeah. the ranking that you've got. I think it I think it's a it's a it's a balance between being between opportunity and playing well. And uh and, you know, that comes with with trying to host events or trying to, um, you know, uh, the relationships that you have with other coaches. And, you know, in the way we have our the way the, the system set up with a 500 rule, there's so many different variables that we could talk about for a while. But if you, you kind of understand them all and put them together and then it makes sense as to, to, to why certain programs are, are, are doing what they're doing. And uh, for me, I don't think I understand it fully and probably never will, but I also think that um, it also gives me a greater appreciation for, 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 for other coaches that have, you know, way more experience than me and in, in what they've accomplished in their careers and then younger coaches that have got off to faster starts and done great and, and everything. And, and, and uh, it's pretty cool, but I, I would say that belief and hard work and, and just trying to be a student uh, of the game and, and, you know, going to work every day has really aided me in each stop along the way. Well, you've so, done a great job. You've done a wonderful thanks, job coach. and you're not through. But um, so I, I talk all the time about how I think we need to all help each other out. Now, that's we're in a competitive environment. And if you're playing in yeah. a tournament where we are at the Aggie Invitational, we want to beat Florida Gulf Coast. We want to do that. Yeah. But I'm not afraid to, if you ask me a question, to help you out. And you shouldn't be afraid to do the same with me. And old coach, older veteran coaches need to understand that young coaches might have a new spin on something. Like my assistant coach, Mikel. Ooh, he is creative. He thinks all the time. He keeps me from getting in into patterns that aren't going to help anybody. So that's good. But I, I want to know what the best piece of advice is you've ever received from another coach. 
what's something that's like, wow, that was valuable. I'm glad I learned that from that person. Um, I, I, I mean, I can, I can think of something from whenever I was, whenever I first started coaching and, you know, there, I've gotten a lot of advice from a lot of coaches and I'm very grateful for every piece of advice that, that any, you know, that you're like the likes of yourself coach and, and many others that have taken the time to, to, you know, share an opinion or share information or, or, you know, and, and that goes to helping me understand the environment that I was talking about earlier. But when I was a young coach, um, another, another division two coach, uh, I don't know, you, you might know him, Jimmy Wilson. Oh yeah. Uh, he Jimmy. told me once, he told me once that it's a, you know, if you do this, it's a long journey. And there's all, there's going to be ups and downs and you're going to go sideways this way, that way, or whatever it may be. He probably doesn't even remember telling me this, but I just, I just asked him and, you know, he said, but you've got to, you got to make sure you do it for the right reasons and you got to stick to who you are and have fun and, uh, and, you know, just try and help your kids each day and, and remember that there's always going to be bumps in the road, but you know, just keep trucking along. And I think that that, that stuck with me to an extent that, uh, you know, after so many years doing this now, um, it makes sense as to why he would say it. If you under, if you know him and you know his personality, then you understand, you can, you can understand that. Um, so it, that would be probably one of the best pieces of advices that I can give is that, that while the future may be uncertain, you know, you can control where you are now. You have your feet on the ground, be where you are now and try to make the best possible, uh, put your, put your best foot forward right now where your feet are. So well, that that's really good. And, and well said by coach Wilson, it's just like, that's a given and you've got to recognize it and then uh, figure out a way, you know, the best, it w- wasn't a piece of advice given to me, but it relates to the, what the advice he gave you was that you, you have the only way to get to success would be to uh, go from failure to failure to failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. And you mentioned enthusiasm earlier and we both, you just mentioned failure, the bumps in the road. If you can keep on doing that without losing the love for what you're doing, you're going to succeed. It may look different than the next guy doing it, but it's going to, you're going to make it. So very, very well said. Well, uh, where do you see the program in five to 10 years? You've been there for um, this is your fourth year. I hope. Yeah, I think I see, you know, there's a lot of, you know, our, our university is pretty young. I don't know if you know that coach, but it, it's a, uh, it's, it's a beautiful place. Um, our facilities continue to, to, to get better and, and nicer. And um, yeah, I think that, that just growth from all aspects, you know, from, from resources, facilities, from, you know, trying to give a student a better student athlete experience each each year. And that's something that I really made a a, a, a press to is is to try to make the student athlete experience better each year in some capacity or whatever it may be. So that way we don't just get stuck with, you know, the same pattern or same same routines. And, you know, from from trying to play different tournaments, try to play for tournaments further away. Um, like next year we're good. We've got Hawaii on the schedule, so that's going to be fun. Um, Which one are you playing over there? Where I think we're playing the one with you guys. Yeah. That's a newer so, one, right? New one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
So, My guys are looking uh, forward to that. If I took that off the schedule right now, I think they'd all be in the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they want that tournament. So. Yeah. So uh, that's, I mean, I think that if, if we continue to do those things as a program, then, then, then things will get better and, and, you know, host events and, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the plan and, and we just keep working and, you know, if our ranking will, will, will get the result. Sometimes you, you put the effort in and you don't get the result at the end of the year that you want, but sometimes you do. So, you know, it's important to be consistent in what you do. Well, uh, thank you for joining me today. Keep up the good work and, and uh, thanks for being an inspiration for me, even though I'm an old veteran coach. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed watching you progress and we'll see you in College Station in April, huh? Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Coach. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. Thank you. This, this has been great, Andrew. Thanks. All right. See you.